Hi, this is Relop. This is what happened last time. As we traveled east, we came upon a small town ravaged by gnolls. We hunted them to the base of the Ungdrak Peaks, but didn't find any living survivors from the town. Only a Padrak. Initially, I wanted to finish the thing off, but Holgen Lukan persuaded us to let the little dragonoid Gapo, he calls himself, lead us through the mountains, supposedly to save us weeks of travel time as we carry my brother's remains back to the borderwood. So far, Gapo has kept his word. He kept us safe from most of the other Padraks and their traps, and he has kept us away from the dragon under the mountain, Tirithom. We did, however, have to fight a Padrak sorcerer named Rebo and his lackeys, along with a golem made of coins and baubles. We have Rebo captive. I turned him into a turtle. And we also have his bejeweled arrow, an arrow of dragon slaying. So you're all standing in the room in which you fought Rebo and his underlings, along with the monster made of coins, most of which you've scooped into your bags by this point. Merc's drift globe is lighting the room up. There's still something moving around in the garbage below, but it doesn't seem to care much about you up here. Relop is sitting with a turtle in his hand. What would you like to do? How long is he going to be like that? I can hold him on for probably about another hour, but then it's going to start getting dicey. I have a crazy thought. Just chop him down the hall. Let the Godry monster and him figure it out. I don't hate that idea. It's not really our problem. I don't mind that idea because we need to get going and we don't want cracking us. There is the off chance that he may actually get out. And? We'll just kill him at that point. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and just toss him into the uh, pit. Are you dropping the spell, or are you going to concentrate for a little while longer? Yeah, I mean, I can drop him down, and if he doesn't revert from the fall, then I can just drop it. Yeah, you hear him sort of struggling after he's down there, and it, it's dark and lots of stuff going. If you look down, you can probably see a tentacle coming up from the muck and grabbing onto him. Gapo looks horrified. Let's keep moving. Yeah, sounds good. Let our scout lead us out of this horrific place. So at this point, he had picked up a shield during that fight, and he's kind of carrying it around on his back. And it's a little bit of the same for probably about two hours, just going through different tunnels. And he stops, and he thinks about which way would be best. And he keeps kind of cursing under his breath about the horses because of the fact that it would be much easier without having to worry about getting them through. And he gets to a point, too, and you guys have been through a battle where he suggests, you know, should we camp for the night? Is this a safe place to camp? Well, he says, I, I'll plan for it. I'll, I'll start finding a spot for it. I think we'll just take his advice because he, he knows what's best. Start looking. About a half an hour later, you come around the corner and he actually startles and puts the shield up and, you know, kind of whip and jumps, jumps back around the corner towards you and then sort of peeks his head back up. What's wrong? This is new. And he's looking up. We'll look up too. So if you come up and you gotta, he's leading, right? So you gotta come up to the corner there. When you look up, you almost startle as well. There's a big dragon's head face looking down at you, but it's made of that red crystal. You know, you saw some walls and things like that made of it. And it's Mm -hmm. like this sculpture of this dragon's head coming down 
from the ceiling looking down over this cavern as you walk into it. Interesting. Okay. Is this going to stop where you wanted to take us? I, I don't think so. Gapo, does this dragon like to have sculptures created of him? He says, yeah, sometimes it gets done as a way to keep him from being angry. Burn or be burned is our kind of our motto. And sometimes creating little trinkets for him will appease him. But this is a big one. I don't know who would have done this one. Can I roll my perception to just see if there's anything unusual about it? If there's anything glowing inside of it or if its sure. eyes are shifting or anything? Hey, a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I think that's just a stalactite. That's natural. That's not a dragon shape. You guys are foolish. You're seeing things. We shouldn't probably camp here, right? We should move on. Oh, no. There's a root cellar storage. It's nearby. We'll, we'll go there and the horses will make it in there. How big is this cavern? Probably about 50 around and then maybe 80 up, like 80 to the ceiling. Yeah. Let's hurry across this. And there's kind of a couple of different exits through the room, right? And he takes you to one that heads a little bit west, which is, at least you think it's west, right? It's a little bit hard to tell at this point, but it's kind of the opposite of the general direction that you're going, but he's telling you, you know, the storeroom is this way. And you get to a cavern. Well, actually, you can sort of see where it's headed, where it really opens up, and there's a little bit of a stream, and there's a little bridge that goes across the stream, and it looks sturdy enough, but the stream definitely has a stink to it actually sulfurous like it smells like rotten eggs or something are we back at Rontaman? (laughs) (laughs) he he actually stops and kind of drinks a little bit wipes his face moves back and you know goes over the bridge and then you enter into a small tunnel that looks pretty natural you know there's a kind of a mix of tunnels here some of them are old mines some of them are natural caverns. And this one's definitely something that looks natural, but it's actually raised up from where the stream was coming through. And you can feel a little bit of heat coming off the stream too, like the water's definitely warm. And when you go into the, what he calls the storage or the root cellar, it's actually lit from above with all these little star spots, some sort of little algae or something is on the ceiling. And along the cavern floor, there are mostly like root vegetables, things that look a little bit like ginger and maybe some potatoes and you know, that kind of thing where they just kind of have things piled up all around. He says, this will be a good place for the evening. Won't other Padrax want access to this storehouse? Is this really safe for us? He says, we leave early. We leave before breakfast. Okay. And he so, grabs yeah. something and starts chewing on it. Lucan will attend to people's horses and get them all settled down for the night. Should we get the dome? Yeah, I'll go ahead and set up the dome and a couple of silver threads around the outside just to make sure that we're all awake if something comes in. Gapo climbs up the side of the cavern too and he goes up into the whatever the, the lights are at the top and he starts eating. Again, it's a little bit hard. It's a little, it's high just at the edge of dark vision or torchlight to sort of see where or, you know, what exactly he's doing. But he's definitely eating something up there off of the ceiling. He's hanging on whatever it is that's lit up up there. So you've set up your camp. Unless you got anything else, we can call it an evening. Hey, what's Gapo's shield look like? Lucan wants to take a look at that thing and see if there's anything special about it. It's really more of a buckler. 
and it looks like it's probably made of bronze. It has some semi-precious jewels kind of in a ring in the center. Probably worth a little bit of gold, but it's nothing real fancy. You know, it's certainly nothing you would want to use because it's not nearly big enough from what you would want. So everybody camps and kind of, I assume you're going to, or I don't know, are you going to set up a watch? Yep. I guess you set an alarm and you have a protective dome, but... It was probably have a watch. I think we pretty much always set up watch. Yeah. Zan's always the last one to take watch, right? Because you get up early in the morning. That's right. Are you on watch with anybody, Holg, typically? I always forget. No, I believe it's usually just me. I thought it was you and Lucan usually. It's the it's Relap and Merc in them right away, and then it's you and Lucan in the mid midnight hour, and then Zan last. I think is what we usually do. Uh, that's what I was kind of remembering, too. Yeah, it's up to you guys. Whatever you want to do. So Lucan and Holg are on watch, and I mean, everybody's going to kind of wake up from it, but these are the guys that are already awake. There's actually a little bit of a tremor in the place. There's a, an earthquake of sorts. And all of these, you've, now you're going to find out what these little, lit, these little glow things are. They're little worms. And you're just covered with these little glowy worms that sort of flop down from the ceiling above you. But there's a tremor, and, and it's not direct. It's not exactly where you are. You know, you're not in any immediate danger. But then you hear a couple more, and there's some sort of tectonic stuff going on under this mountain tonight. Lucan wakes up Gapo. Yeah, and he wakes up to it. He's actually running around grabbing worms. Just kind of okay. slurps them up. Hey, Gapo, what, what are these tremors? Anything uh, we need to worry about? He says it, it hasn't happened for a while, but it, it's not that uncommon. We just have to make sure that everything is still, you know, good walls, good ceilings as okay. we go. What's causing these tremors? He says, I, I don't know for sure, but I I think that it's Tirithon. He has some sort of power over this place. Hmm. Well, we'll just have to keep our eyes open, I suppose. So next morning... And there's still lots of little glowy worms crawling around, you know. You keep finding them in your stuff, or like you have to pick one out of your folds of your clothing. And Gapo tries to get a couple of you to try them, because they're pretty good. And his when he eats them too, his throat kind of glows for just Lucan a second. Lucan holds a handful of them up to Merc and says, Merc, why don't you try these? I tried them last night. They're great. I thought you couldn't lie. <laughs> ah, you got me. <laughs> I haven't tried them, but you should. No, but you know who would eat them? Hulk. You should get a Hulk to eat him. I already tried last night. He wouldn't do it. He's not going to fall for it. He he saw him fall with me. Mm. Make Zan eat one. Try to get Zan to eat one. That'd be funny. Sounds like something you should do. No, she won't do it if I tell her to. <sighs> Have fun with that, then. Relap, this is your cue to where we, you should start talking about how they should put these worms at the bottom of a bottle. These, these do not ideas. look tasty at all. <laughs> <laughs> they would make the bottle glow neat, though. So Gapo wakes you up early and keeps talking about how breakfast is coming and, you know, which means there are going to be more Padraks here soon. And so he kind of moves everybody around and he's just sort of jumping around with all these glowy worms still trying to crawl their way back off of the floor. We'll, and he we'll rush back and get out of there. <laughs> yeah, we need to definitely need to keep moving. He runs into a few Padraks and, and traps and things that have been set up and sort of bribes his way through with his shinies. And when you come back to that place with the crystal head, it's a little different because there is now a split in the wall and it's readily visible because it's glowing, you know, like lava, just 
this split that's at its widest, it's probably about two feet. You could maybe squeeze through the rock to get through it. But when you look at it, it opens up into a vast plain of lava, impossibly vast, like there's no way this could be here. And along that plain, you can see elemental shapes elementals, fiery snakes, you know, similar to what you saw down below the forge that are moving back and forth in the distance. Lucan turns to Gapo and says, Gapo, can you get us out of here as soon as possible? Yes. He says, I haven't seen one of these for a long time. What is it? He says, sometimes things come out of these. Do I have any idea what that is? Like what's on the other side? Go ahead and make a arcane check. Actually, you know what? Take Make a religion check, Zan. Oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> 21. The only time you've ever heard of a fiery plain of lava, impossibly vast, like the only thing you've ever heard of that's like that is what's called the Mulstrom Flow, which is basically one of the levels of the elsewhere. It's oh. like, the, like the plain of fire that's right in the middle of the elsewhere. It sort of separates good from bad. She's kind of staring in fascination at it. And Gapo looks at you and he says a word that you don't recognize. He says, Ixathar. I don't anybody know what that got, means. Anybody got Draconic going right now? I got the Maybe dwarf it's... can. Would I recognize that oh, word? My, uh, my whispering coin yeah. purse. Yeah, it whispers to you and it says, demons. Oh, well, was it? So apparently that... that was the Draconic word for demons and he just didn't know the common term for it. Cool. That says to me we should probably go ahead and get out of here. Lucan says, I don't know what just happened, but yeah, let's get going. Merrick studies the fire for a second before following everybody else. Yeah, it's a pretty strange sight. After even with all the weird stuff that you've seen, it's probably the strangest thing you've ever seen. It just seems like it's infinite. Zan, Merck, we gotta get going. We don't want this stuff coming out and chasing us. And now we're going. So about an hour later, a couple more bribes. You come to a spot in which there's been a collapse. And one of the tunnels that he had planned to go down is apparently no more. And so he sort of swears in Draconic to himself and sits and thinks. He always puts his hand on his head when he thinks. I was a little worried about this last night, Hold. Yeah. Cave in one of our ways out. This is starting to sound like not as great of a shortcut as we originally thought. Lucan's going to use his helmet so he can understand Gapo. How much farther do we have? He says... We could be out today, I think, but I have. it depends on if anything else is knocked out. Lucan says, Relap, do you have a pass wall spell that maybe would help us here? Is it thick enough to get us through a caved-in tunnel at all? Well, depending on how far back it goes, I can tunnel us through. At least for this collapse, I can get us through, but I don't know about anything in the future. Pull out some uh, sesame seeds and cast pass wall. Do a 20-foot tunnel right through the middle of it. Yeah, 20 foot actually works. There's still a little bit of rubble on the other side. You have to be a little careful with the horses so they mm. don't you know, twist an ankle or something with all the you know loose rock that's left on the other side. But you know, and Gapo looks at that like just fascinated. You know, like wow. So relop. This is the only time you can do that today. Just do it once a day. I can do it another time, but we'd have to. We'd probably need to take a rest. Lucan will kind of explain that to Gapo. Gapo says. I think I know where, where to go. So he starts moving a little bit quicker. And then he comes to another point where, again, there's some spots where the, where things seem to have collapsed. But before Relop can start moving Earth again, he kind of says, I, I, think, I think I have an option. Uh, 
he says it's close to the dragon, but it, I think if, if we, we could just be a little quiet, we'll go and there shouldn't be any more. And then he says another word in draconic and the helmet talks about pillars. He says, like, effectively, he's saying there's a spot, there's a place with pillars that shouldn't have collapsed, and it's a good bet, but it would have to be quiet. Hold on, Gapo. Hey, Relap, do you think we could pass well through this section, or no? Yeah, I mean, burning through fifth levels, but I can cast it one more time. The pillars might be good bet. We don't know how many more of these we'll find, and you said you have one more. I'm just concerned about us being quiet by a dragon. Yeah, when Lucan says that, I kind of looked over at Mert. Why? Because I'm a walking pile of armor. And you talk about how you're not quiet all the time. <laughs> Both those things. <laughs> Loudly. I mean, I could try to be quiet, but uh, I don't think it's going to work out to our advantage. Relap or Zan, do you two have any way to make him quiet? I don't believe my magic works that way with the silence. It's like a set place I can make quiet, but I can't make a person quiet. So it's just a short, you know, I think it's like 20 feet or something. It's just like a short way he has to go. Then silence will totally do that, but... Yeah. How long would he need to be quiet? He's not sure how to explain exactly, but he says, for a little while. A little while. Five minutes, ten feet. Tire passage. I can make you more dexterous for a few hours. That's not going to help the armor. If it's less than an hour, I can do it. And I'm not sure I like Relop's plan. It will work with the armor... From a mechanic standpoint, it gives you advantage on dexterity checks, including stealth, and it would cancel out your disadvantage with enhanced ability. I can polymorph him into a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Put him in the pocket. (laughs) Well, I guess the question is, are we going to use Passwell here, or are we going to actually walk by this dragon? I think Gapo has a point. We don't know how many more other passages ahead of after this might be collapsed. Currently, right now, our luck kind of is looking like uh, might be more than just this one. Well, does everybody agree with Hold? I think it's a so. risk. Either way, do you want to fight a dragon or do you want to waste time waiting for spells to regenerate so that we can pass through collapsed tunnels? Why do we automatically have to fight a dragon? If we're going near the dragon, it's the risk is we're going to have to fight it. Who's got that arrow? Well, hopefully not you. That'd be good to know, actually, yeah. Just in case you need it. Who has a bow? I have a bow. I missed Ragadag, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> Hulk, don't you have a short bow? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking, kind of looking at Hulk, but he didn't say he's anything, like, so I wasn't sure. This, this old he thing? Like, he digs through his bag of holding, and he's like, oh, yeah, I do have one. Oh, yeah, I got, I got one right here, I guess. How good of a shot are you? Better than your brother. Doesn't take much. Hmm. I think we should test that out. Actually, we don't have time to test it out. Exactly. Do you want to hold the arrow? She'll sure. Ask her. I'll okay. hold it. Where's Kaya when you need her? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I bring her out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bring Angie back. We had this all planned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear you guys need a dragon slayed. Yay! She's gonna she's get underneath the, the rubble. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have this big epic battle, and she's gonna come in and kill Steel. Be like, ha! <laughs> I get all the XP and the loot. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's. I, I mean, if that's the only way we're gonna be able to get there, I think we should risk it. But right, the idea for me anyway would be: can we get out of here today? And if this gives us an opportunity to get out of here today. I think it would just be in our best interest. That is a good point. 
Merc, you better try to stay quiet. I don't think you guys are going to like the results. So you would rather wait around for him to get past Wall again, go way around, and possibly get stuck? I'm just saying you guys are asking for something that doesn't work. But anyway, let's go. Let's do the pass wall thing. I just I don't think the other, the other thing is going to be such a coin flip. It yeah. might work, but it seems like most of the time it won't. With all of us rolling plus the horses rolling, someone's going to fail big time, and it's probably going to ruin everything. So let's just not go near the dragon and go around. Okay. Cast a second pass wall to get through cave in there. Okay, that one gets you through as well. Gap was a little bit confused trying to figure out. He's been listening to you all, sort of talking it over, and he's his head spinning a little bit as he tries to figure out, okay, so this is open. Where do we go from here? Come to another spot where there's another crack. This time the crack is on the floor, and it's pretty small, a couple inches at its highest. But if you look down into it, you can see that plane again. You guys think that dragon controls this thing, this plane? Think it's going in and out of this fire plane? I don't know. Maybe. It's hard to say that there isn't a connection. Yeah. I think we found that arrow for a reason. I think we'll have to come back someday and maybe take care of that thing. Yeah. Eventually, but I think we have we have bigger concerns at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Then a couple more hours going around and he's trying to figure out what the next best step is. And then you come to a spot again where there is a cave-in and this one's two different tunnels. He says he would prefer the, you know, the one on the left but you're a little bit at an impasse until you can pass wall from where you've ended up. Well, let's establish our little lunch here, I guess. How long do we have to wait? An hour? Mm Mm-hmm. How far away from the surface are we? He's hoping it'll be today because of the fact that the tunnels keep getting cut off when when he's hoping they won't. He's afraid it's adding time to it. So you sit in this spot and it's kind of a crossroads. There's actually a few Padraks that come through and they pull their weapons and they start getting worked up. And he stands in front of them, puts his hands up and talks to them in his language, tries to fend them off. For the most part, it seems to work okay, but some of these have a little bit of a different look on their face. They're a little more suspicious than some of the others. Some of the others don't care. They're just like, okay, I got my shinies, you can go by. If he's having issues at all, I'll just step up and like take out a gold piece and see if that gets him excited and then sure um roll persuasion with uh advantage 27 natural 20 Hmm. all right yeah this one takes it and kind of smiles at you and gives you a little salute and he turns around so the hour passes recast pass wall so this time when you do pass wall it's farther than your pass wall goes so you create this nice tunnel and then it sort of stops rubble at the end of it well, do we do pass wall again on this next section? The stuff that's not there, like double pass wall together, or do we let Gapo lead us through a alternate route? Do you have the energy for another pass wall spell, Relop? I do not have another pass wall spell. Okay, so where to next? Looking oh, at the yeah. padrack. Yeah, Gapo, it looks like you got to lead the way. Are we going to go by that dragon still? Let's go that direction, and we'll see what we find. I guess we're going to go wake up a dragon. Don't say that. Don't jinx us. (laughs) Are you ready, Holg? Uh, I'm ready for you to run in first. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm going to sit back and let you shoot that thing. You're a good shot, right? I don't think I've ever seen you use a bow. Let's hope we never find out. How many horses do we have? Four? We have five. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, real up doesn't have a horse, I yeah. don't think. Is that right? Yeah, I don't have a horse. I have never thought about being stealthy with the horses. I, every t- I've never thought about that. That really uh, kills the uh, stealth for sure. <laughs> well, usually you're not going through caverns with horses, you know, it's pretty rare. Like, haven't been in this situation exactly. All right, so he starts moving you back through and get to a spot where one of the pass walls that you came through is no longer there. And so he kind of finds an alternate and works his way what you think is east. Gets you pretty far, but he says at a little bit of a crossroads, and he says that the pillars are ahead. And it's at this point, most of the day has passed because of all the backtracking. And he says, find another camp before we go into the pillars. How long will it take us to get through these pillars? Uh, maybe an hour. And the dragon's right by these what pillars? Mm, close. I don't think we'd camp by the dragon, guys, do you? I think we should camp on the far side if it's just an hour. So cross and then camp? We can do it. And I have tell that he's, he's He's nervous, you know? Yeah. One of the things that some of you, I think, might pick up on a little bit here is that, you know, this Padrack and, and it seems like many of the others don't really have any love for this dragon. They don't worship this dragon. They are yeah. terrified of this dragon. Mm-hmm. Hence his nickname, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it opens up into this huge cavern. And you're not actually even sure how big it is because your dark vision won't go that far. It just goes, kind of goes off into darkness. And most of the cavern is pillars. It's stalactites meet stalagmites, and they just sort of fill this space. And he tells you that we need to stay to the right and okay. try to obviously keep quiet. You're going to realize quickly, too, the horses will be getting through, but you're probably not going to quite ride them here because it's a little too tight. Like, you need to sort of lead them a little bit to keep okay. them safe. You know, it's not like clear paths. Lucan will kind of give people advice on what to do, and then Lucan will lead the group with his sure. horse first and try to silently kind of show his strategy of keeping him in check and keeping the horse silent. I'm going to cast a spell before we go in there. I'm going to do a sixth level enhance ability for dexterity that will let me get five creatures. Hmm. So it's going to do the four horses plus Merc. Nice. So that will be advantage on dexterity, any dexterity skill check type of whatever. So that will be including okay. stealth. Our horses start dancing, like little <laughs> dancing around. <laughs> the, the dressage from uh, the Olympics where they do the little dances. Yeah, and, and Merc's right behind him doing the same thing. Exactly. And clanky <laughs> armor. Clanky armor. We are going to die. Yeah, maybe. We're so trying. Everybody go, everybody go ahead and roll their uh, stealth. 15. 24. 14. Six. All right, Mark, well, what you get? I got a 20, which means I had to roll natural to get there. <laughs> nice. It was the guy wearing cloth armor you had to worry about. You're walking along, and of course, it's every little sound just seems like it's echoing through this place. You can hear water dripping, and it's a little bit unnerving because he said, effectively, the dragon is that direction, but you can't see past 60 feet or whatever. And the horses, of course, are... They're clomping. They're not being overly loud, but they're just being them. And everybody's being relatively quiet. For some reason, Relapse seems like he's breathing really heavy. And out of the darkness in front of you, some Padraks come out. And it's like you run into them, you know? They didn't expect you to be there. And most of these Padraks, what's a little different is that... 
they seem to be kind of fancied up. One of them's wearing kind of like a golden helmet that doesn't quite fit him right. One has a golden shield with these like polished gemstones kind of swirling around it. One of them has what looks to be like like a long sword that's been broken off. So it's like this jagged short sword that he's using, and it, but it has a bunch of gemstones all over the handles, and that's it's all a little bit different from what you've seen before. You haven't seen them walking around with a bunch of bling. And Gapo starts moving up to talk to them, and he's putting his finger to his mouth. He's trying to keep them quiet, you know, one hand up, one finger up to his mouth. And one of them yells out, and it's basically like a battle cry. But one of the things that you notice is that these things clearly have fear in their eyes. Like they are frightened, even though they're running right at you. Like they're obviously not frightened of you. Everybody roll their initiatives. <laughs> so as they start screaming and charging in, out of the darkness there comes, effectively there are eight of them. Four of them are, are kind of coming your way, and then the other four have bows or javelins. They, are, they all have a weird mix of weapons, you know, there's no uniformity here. But they seem to be staying back like they're going to use a pillar as cover and then shoot from afar. And just as they scream on both sides of the cavern, so basically where you're headed and where you've come from, lava, or, you know, so, it looks like it must be lava, just sort of pours out in front of you. It covers the exit to this cavern and it covers the way you came in. And now suddenly because of that light, you see to your left, there's a giant red crystal wall that you hadn't seen before because it was out, it was in the darkness. And so here they come, everything's pretty well lit because of this fire in front of you. You know, everything's shadows with all these pillars and things, but you can definitely see all of them coming. And then, like I said, this big crystal wall on your left and that probably is 80 to 100 feet total so it wasn't that far off from what you could see lucan you're going first all right uh he'll just take a swing at the, the one right in front of him this is the guy with the helmet that it's like this weird fitting helmet probably made for a dragonkin's head but this little padrack's wearing it was a 17 hit it does for 10 points of damage and he'll just swing right back around and I rolled a 16 to um, hit. 16 points of damage on that one. Light sword hits him twice. You notice as he gets close too, and you know, maybe it's the firelight, but these guys look a lot redder than any of the other Padraks that, that you've seen. Most of them have been either brown or orange or kind of a mixture. They might be brown with the orange spots or vice versa or something like that. These really seem to be kind of a different breed or something like that and you feel like the last ones that you hit you probably would have taken it down with one swing you just hit one with two and he's still hanging in on your left that red crystal something lights up behind it and everybody sort of sees it at once as light has now begun on the other side of the crystal light up that part of the cavern and there's a huge shadow off to your left of presumably this dragon. You can't make any details out with this crystal, but it must not be that thick because you definitely can see this shadow from whatever light is going on behind it. And fire starts hitting that crystal from the dragon. Like it, it, he's using his breath weapon and he just focuses his fire onto the crystal and it starts to sort of heat up. The room actually warms up from where you are. It's Zan's turn. <laughs> you ready to die, Zan? <laughs> you saying that? <laughs> no. 
Yeah, I didn't think so. So the Padrak horde is there groups of them in places that could be fireballed they're working in pairs so okay. you've got basically you could get two at a time they're, okay. they're purposely spreading out you've got four in melee but they're it's two pairs that are far away from each other especially with the you know they almost have to get away from each other because of the pillars okay um, and then you've got pairs off in the distance with bows and javelins okay uh, how close am i to merc you know, I would imagine you're like a horse distance from Merc, right? Everybody kind of leading their horses. Yeah, probably. So she'll make her way back to him, assuming he doesn't have a weapon drawn at this point, at least not yet. He hasn't had a chance to yet. So she'll grab the handle of Destiny, cast Holy okay. Weapon on it. So it will glow radiant as it usually does. She's like, you're probably going to need this. And then she's going to make her way over to behind the pillar so that the pillar is between her and that red wall. And she's going to sure. attempt to Sacred Flame one of the ranged Padrax. Okay. So it's bonus action for casting the Holy Weapon, main action, casting yep. a cantrip. So dexterity save, 17, cover does not matter. Okay, so he fails. Cool. So it's going to be 15 points of radiant damage to one of the Padraks. You hear him squeal out, and he as kind of staggers back holding his short bow. It is their turn. So they're going to, the two that get to you up front are both going to attack at you, Lucan. They must not see him as a threat because they don't really... Gapo's just sort of frozen, right? He hasn't been able to go yet, and he's just sort of locked in place, hands up at this point, and they go for the big guy. One of them has this spear that looks like it's possibly topped with a dragon's teeth, and that's what he's jabbing at you with. And then the other one is that one with the, the helmet. Literally rolled one under for three of those rolls. So one of them catches you... For nine points of piercing, that spear catches you, but otherwise the other guy misses you. The ones in the back are going to take some shots. Hulk and arrow's going to strike you. I will use my reaction for uncanny dodge. Oh, only gets you for two points of damage. So you just kind of get sliced with an arrow as it comes by. doesn't even stick into you. All right, so that's it. A bunch of arrows and things, some javelins and arrows came flying. There's a couple that are kind of trying to flank a little bit. Like, they don't actually get into melee with anybody. They're moving around a couple of pillars to try to get in on a different side. So they, we only had two attack up close and then four from a range. And that means it's Merc's turn. Gotta get to the ones that are flanking or gotta get up to the ones in front of, that are in front with Lucan. You know, it actually might be easier for you to try to go after the guys that are trying to flank. You could just make a beeline that direction and cut them off. That's what I do. The horses are a little bit of the way here. I just leave the horse. Like, I'll just drop the reins, pull out Destiny, and go towards the flankers. Yeah, you can you can get to them because they're coming your way. So. All right, and then I will take a swing at the closest one. I'm coming in with a double overhand chop. Got a sixteen. Yeah, 16 will hit. 15 points of slashing damage and 10 points of radiant damage for 25. This is the guy with the broken long sword. So I'm going to keep him separate, right? What are they carrying? Is he still up? All right. Give me, yeah, give him a good catch. But like one that Lucan hit, they're a little beefier than the Patricks you've seen previously. Time to bring out the brig guns. I'm going to try to like step forward and do like a powerful lunge forward. And I'm going to use the great weapon master ability. How about a nat 20? Nice. Uh, that'll hit. So 31 points of slashing damage and then 19 points of radiant damage for 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just cut them in half. You actually take a little bit more of the top of that sword off and he drops to the ground. 
I look at his buddy, and then in uh, that draconic dwarfkin speech, I just go, fine. And again, Merc, you see, like, this buddy of his looks terrified, but he's actually looking sideways. Like, he's, it's like he's fighting you, but he's not worried about you, believe it or not, right? Even though you just cut his buddy in half. Right. All right, is it Hulk's turn? I will uh, go alongside Merc then and uh, strike out with the short sword. Uh, AC 11. That will not hit. You come up and you hit his shield. This guy actually has a shield that looks like it's probably made of dragon scales. Like it's really messy. It's not done well, but it's a bunch of red dragon scales that are tied together somehow. And I'm not going to worry about my offhand at the moment. Nope. Okay. Brings us to Relot. Is there any way I can get a line between somebody that Lucan's fighting and a group of those? Just a straight line? Is it a five-foot line? Yeah, it's a line five feet wide. So you would have to choose one in front of him, and then you could catch two off. So you could hit three total. Two that are far away, and one that's on him. Sort of maneuver myself that direction, pull out a magnifying glass and cast Sunbeam. It's a Constitution 17 saving throw. They all rolled the same thing, and they they did not make it. Literally just rolled a 10 three times in a row on a d20. Okay, they all take 25 points of radiant damage, and all three of them are blind for the turn. Nice. So, out of those three, the one in front of Lucan drops, because he'd already been beaten on, and then the two in the back were fresh and so they don't actually drop but they definitely shriek and you feel pretty good about the damage that it did lucan it's your turn all right lucan's gonna just take swings at the guy in front of him okay yeah one of them there were two of them one of them just dropped and so he's he's all in his lonesome in front of you oh roll the 12 to hit 12 will not hit all right i'll take my second Catch his shield all right 20 to hit on this next one and i roll 10 for damage Kind of gets his shield up just in time to catch part of that hit, so it doesn't land as well as you wanted it to necessarily, but 10 damage is 10 damage. He's going to yell, uh, Hulk, ready that arrow! All right. The silhouette of the dragon has kind of disappeared over there because it's just become this big circle of light as this fire has built up on the crystal. And it has gotten hotter in the room, and then it just explodes and shards of crystal glass just come flying into the room. Everybody take a dex check, but you're actually gonna take it with advantage because there's a lot of pillars in this room. And so the chances of you sort of getting a little bit sheltered is pretty good. So dex checks as these shards come flying through the room. Checks your saving throws. Saving throws, thanks. It's more fun to say dex check. (laughs) I think that's why I do that. Mm -hmm. 20 for mine. 13. 14. 27. I rolled a natural 20 for a 22. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So if you did not break a 17 on that roll, you are going to take 13 points of slashing damage. If you did break a 17, then you're going to take half of that. I got to roll for all the Padrax, though, because they're also going (laughs) to... Take your time. (laughs) Soften them up for us. As these come through... Most of that is hitting the, these pillars, but a couple of them, specifically ones that have been softened up, right? So, for instance, the two that were in the back that Relop had hit with Sunburst and the one that had been hit with the Sacred Flame in the back, like three of them in the back just drop as these shards come through and tear them up. 
the ones that are up close, because we, we really just have two up close anymore, you know, one on Merc and one on Lucan effectively, they are still standing, you know, they take a little bit of damage along the way and scream. And now you've got this dragon off to your left. You can see the room that he's in. It's a big cat, you know, it's just an extension of this cavern. And there's a lot of shinies in that room. You can see all this, you know, gold and trinkets and things kind of laying around behind him. There's some fires that he lit behind him when this all started, apparently. Like, but you know, when it went from being invisible because of the darkness to suddenly seeing him, he had lit these big sconces that are on the other side of the cavern. And, you know, they're glittering off of all this gold and whatnot that's over there. You also do see some padracks that are all over the walls. There's these little niches built in where the padracks are. Remember, I mentioned that Gapo can climb really well. And so it looks like they probably just climb their way up. But the Padraks aren't part of this fight. Those, those Padraks that are up there are just seem to be watching. And all of them just look fearful. Like they are so scared of this dragon. Now the dragon itself looks a little bit like you might imagine. But he's, he's got a huge gut. Like he's this really large sort of obese dragon. When he busts that through, his wings come up, sort of displaying himself in a sense. And it's got this big sort of rollover belly that you kind of wouldn't expect. You never saw a dragon drawn that way or something like that. But he does it telepathically. Everybody sort of hears in their heads this voice of this dragon. And in common, he says, You dare come into my domain. And he's very sort of creepily calm sounding. And then he starts moving your direction. And when he does that, his claws just start ripping pillars out of his way as he moves closer to you. How tall is this guy? The dragon? Yeah, like what does Lucan's height go up to? Like his toe? You're probably about as tall as if it's shin bone. It's probably about as tall as you are. It's moving your direction, kind of busting pillars out of the way. That fire is in front of you and behind you. And Zan, it's your turn. All right, Zan will move up to where Lucan is. She's going to bring her longsword down onto the Padrak that's fighting him. As an FYI, I did roll a concentration check. I got a 16 to maintain Holy oh, Weapon after taking damage. It. Sure. So I swing on this guy with a longsword at a 16. Yep. 11 points of damage. Catch him as well. He, you know, He's the one with that dragon scale shield, and it cuts into that, and actually part of it sort of falls apart. He's still standing, but he's, you know, he's pretty beaten up. He's sliced on one side from the shards. In fact, one of them is sticking out of his cheek. And then you just give him a hit on the other side. Still hanging, but... All right, then she will cast Spiritual Weapon. So a copy of her sword will come out of her sword and slash down at him again. That will be a 26 to hit. That hits. And 11, another 11 points of damage. All right, copy of your sword comes out and strikes him from above. And he crumples to the ground. And that shield just sort of falls apart. He's got, he just looks like almost like rose petals around him with these scales. So you see that kind of double strike from Zan, and she looks over to Lucan. She's like, "Go help them!" And she'll point kind of point towards the dragon. She's gonna keep making her way towards that last ranged one that's still alive. She's trying to go across the room and spread out a little ways, and that'll be it. All right. I should point out, by the way, that some of the horses took a little bit of damage in that. You know, their Ooh. focus right now is probably not gonna be too much on the horses, but they're they're kind of scattering. They're sure. running to the back of the room. One of them doesn't seem to be moving. Like it's a little bit of a mix when it comes to the horses and they're certainly adding some chaos to the scene. All right, the Padraks all 
look at the dragon. They kind of freak out and they start running the direction they came. So they're trying to get out of the fight. Like the, the one that was in range, he just starts running the other direction. They don't seem to have anywhere necessarily to go. Might have to skirt around and try to get into that other cavern. But they're not interested in you anymore. They're now just trying to flee. At this point, you probably don't have to worry so much about them because they have now served their purpose, apparently. I uh, still take a swipe at the one as he runs. Oh, uh, no, you yeah. don't. You started this. I got it. 15 to hit. Ooh, 15 misses him. Just sort of <laughs> right over him. And you do notice, too, by the way, that Gapo is just hiding. He has put him pillar between himself and the dragon. And he's just sort of like frozen back there. You know, he's staying out of the sight of the dragon. And he looks just petrified, those of you that can see him. Merc, it is your turn, though. How far away is the dragon at this point? He's moving pretty quickly. So he's probably taken off about half that distance. He's probably about 45 feet away from you. I'm going to walk up 30 feet because it seems like at this point it's kind of inevitable. People with the, the lava and whatnot seemingly blocking our paths. And stand before him and say, well, fighting dragon will be a first for me. And that'll be it. All right, so Merc is uh, standing. It, it, that makes his sword glow too, doesn't it, that spell? Uh-huh. So he's standing there sort of facing this dragon. Now, there's still a few pillars between them. When he does that, too, the dragon actually uses his tail to sort of wipe out the rest of the pillars that are in his way, just whips it around, and this big tail just smacks him, and there's all this shattering noise as he cracks these things free and looks back down at Merc. I totally thought we'd have those pillars to hide behind for fire, and then when he starts taking them out, I'm like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. Holds up. I will uh, put my sword away, pull my bow, start getting closer to the dragon, cross my fingers. Yeah, so let's try to make this so shot. Here comes the arrow. So he takes this yeah. blingy arrow out, and that will be uh, AC 19. Boom. That's a hit. Oh, Sweet. okay. Shoots through the air, hits the dragon for. So, oh, so it has to take a con check. Okay. Yeah. Normal, normal damage plus normal. rolled 6d10. He, he's going to take half of that, but that's a good start. Okay. So the 6d10 is 45, and then the regular bow damage, 11. All right. So it, kind of focusing on Merc, and this arrow kind of comes out of nowhere and strikes it just sort of at the neck. It's not directly into the neck, but just sort of off to the side and digs itself pretty deep, and it sort of gives out this howl. And you could just see the back end of that thing, you know, the fletching sticking out from this neck. And now it's just enraged. Hey guys, I think he knows we're here now. It also is going to whip its tail around again. And the only one that's quite close enough is Merc. So he's going to swing at you. You're not quite in melee with him, but with, you know, he's got some reach on that tail. Catches you for 15 points of bludgeoning damage. Relap, you're up. I got the spell up, so I might as well make use of it. Using Sunbeam on this thing. 17 con. Okay, he made his check. Okay, so he's just going to take half damage. Half of 29, what, uh, 15? All right, this beam of light comes in, hits him, and again, he roars. When he roars, this whole place just shakes. I'm going to try and get behind whatever's left of a pillar. Yeah, you actually can because, you know, he kind of cleared his way to Merc. So there are still some pillars behind Merc. 
All right. So this big beam of light comes towards the dragon from Relop, and we are back up. Relop, a basically this geyser sort of bursts up where you are, and you got to make a dex saving throw. No, I got a 12. Geyser of fire, you know, this lava bursts up out of the ground and catches, you just take 15 fire damage as it comes up and, you know, kind of catches you off guard and you sort of jump over to the side. Okay. And it's relatively large. Like if there was somebody right next to you, it would have caught a couple people, but you happen to be pretty much on your own at this point. That brings us to Lucan. Can I actually get into melee with it this turn or no? I have not moved towards it yet. No, not this okay. not this turn. You'd probably be fifteen short. You'd move yourself into his tail, into so you know, into the range of his tail. Lucan's gonna start hurrying up that way, obviously with the sword drawn, and he's gonna yell, Come at me, you terrible beast and his sword flashes and I'm gonna cast compelled duel on it. Okay. It has to make a wisdom save of fifteen. On a failed save, the creature is drawn to me, compelled by the demand. For the mm-hmm. duration, which is one minute, it has disadvantage rolls against creatures other than me and must uh, make a wisdom saving throw each time it attempts to move to a space that is more than 30 feet away from you. If it succeeds, the spell doesn't restrict the target's movement for that turn. Is spell it con- concentration? Yeah. And a spell ends if I attack any other creature, cast a spell that targets a hostile creature other than the target. If a creature friendly to you damages the target or casts a harmful spell on it, or if you end your turn more than 30 feet away from the target. So, okay. He does focus on you. Yes. And kind of smiles and moves your direction. Nice. Poor Lucan is going to get eaten. Because <laughs> you didn't shoot it in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it is then going to. Hulk, if I die, Lucan's ghost is going to come back and give you a whole lot of crap. It's all right. <laughs> It'll be even more satisfying to have your sister exercise you. <laughs> Dark, twisted man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to move up and he's going to swing his tail at you. This time it's to Lucan instead of Merc. 20 points bludgeoning. And then he's going to move up on you, finish the move. He kind of comes up, swings his tail, and then yeah. it's his turn. So he's going to focus in. Nice knowing you guys. You know, you didn't have to sacrifice yourself. Nom, 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 nom. Okay, so first, before he actually swings, he, again, in his in your minds, and it doesn't matter whether you actually hear it <laughs> for Merc, he is now going to, effectively, he says, You all die here. And it's really more of like a this sort of mystical feel that runs through everybody. So everybody needs to take a wisdom saving throw. Dirty 20. I got 15. Oh, Merc and I can't be frightened then, I think, if it's a frightened ability. I got a 15. While I am conscious, you and friendly creatures within 10 feet can't be frightened. Okay. Okay. So, say. so Merc's immune. Okay. So those two are immune. Zan, you made the roll. Holg and Relap, you are frightened for the time being, which means that you would have disadvantage against attacks towards the dragon. Because I'm sure I'll forget, you do get to roll at the end of your action to see if you can shake it again. So, that's the first thing he gets to do, and then he's going to attack Lucan on top of that. He comes down with his mouth and these two claws. Oh, I rolled a one on the mouth attack. That's pretty fortunate for you. Shield right into his mouth. Pretty great, yeah. He's got a chipped tooth now. 
Nice. <laughs> I'm going to make a dagger out of that chip tooth. You sort of stop his bite with your shield, and then these two claws come around behind and just rake your back. It's only 23 total between the two. 23 slashing damage. Kind of gives out a big yell, but keeps that shield up by its mouth. <laughs> and that's it. Zan's turn. All right. She's going to send the spiritual weapon copy of her sword and send it towards the last ranged Padrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can, like kind of retreating, but you could probably catch him. Sure. Uh, dirty 20 to hit. Great. And he will take 14 points of, or sorry, 13 points of force damage. Yeah, that finishes him off. You catch okay. him and kind of split his back open and he falls forward. Then she's going to get behind a pillar and level a shot at the dragon with a guiding bolt. I'm casting it at fifth level. So that'll be a 19 to hit. Yeah, 19 hits. So yes, advantage on the next person to attack and it'll be 8d6 radiant. And I got 33 points of radiant damage. Nice. And then she will hide behind a pillar, again, kind of spreading herself out. She would try to make her advance a little bit closer to try to be within 30 feet of it so that she can warding flare and attack if necessary. And that will be it. All right. Merc, it's your turn. So did he move past me at all to try to get to Lucan? You're at his shoulder. His feet are still in front of you, but his head sort of moved past and his front claws came forward and sort of reached out with this long reach he's got towards Lucan, but he didn't actually pass you. Move up and engage him, and I'll just go for his forearm, so to speak. And apparently I have advantage. You're welcome. Yep. Not that I needed it. First roll is another nat 20. Nice. <laughs> They're ready to fight dragons. Going to add a superiority dice. I'm going to give him distracting strike, so the next person also has advantage. It's a daisy chain, that advantage all the way along, so that everybody has advantage. Right. Teamwork, baby. All right, he takes two points of fire damage. Keep track of that, Mark. <laughs> because the Destiny has that uh, extra D4 fire damage on there. You know you probably can't guess that it's going to take a lot of fire damage, right? I, I split fire it. Bre- I said, fire breathing dragon. I'm just saying it was two points of fire damage, and you're going to have to make sure you know what to do with that. <laughs> 30 points of slashing damage, 28 points of radiant. 28, nice. I would like to take my second attack. Not as good, and I don't have advantage anymore. So uh, 14, I'm assuming that misses. No, yeah. So you catch him, and one of his hands comes down, sort of the claw catches the sword, block it, knock it away. It's a terrible clanging sound. Dragon's going to react to that. Oh, legendary actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mark, that compelled duel actually drops because the dragon got hurt by a, another person. Oh, so. Okay. Thematically cool, but it didn't quite work out a whole lot in this one. <laughs> I mean, you well, did eat the first like the four first, attacks. Yeah. You made him, you made him make work. a choice, yeah. and yeah. yeah. The thing with these guys, I have to go like, okay, would he just shake that? Because you know, legendary resistance things, right? These kind of things can be like, no, I, you're not going to polymorph me. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to kind of think about it for a minute. Merc, the tail comes back around at you. 26 bludgeoning as it catches you. This long serpentine tail just whips around. You didn't even know it was coming and then just crack bangs into your armor behind you. Hulk's turn. All right. Hulk, being afraid, is going to continue backing his distance. As I back away, I will take another shot with my short bow. Awful. 14. Arrow comes and it does actually get to the dragon, but it just sort of bounces off his scales. All right. And then a wisdom save again. Natural 20. Hey. All right. I am no longer afeared. You shook it. Relop. 
kind of circle around the other direction, opposite Xan, and try casting slow on him. Wisdom saving throw. Yeah, he passes it. Yep. Saving throw, 16. You're still afraid. You're shaking as you, as you, you know, you get your little molasses out and like drop some of it on the floor trying to cast this thing. We're back up to the top of the round. Everybody make a dexterity saving throw again. The ground around you, and it's in a huge area radius from the dragon, just shakes. His tail goes up and hits the ground, and you actually see a few padracks sort of drop from their perches, splat to the ground from it. But he's going to try to knock people down with a little bit of an earthquake here. So dex saving throws. 15 plus uh, 2 we'll is 17. Make, yeah, 17 will keep you up. If you don't hit a 17, you go prone. Oh, nice. I'm up. I got a nat 20. I fell down. Prone. Because I'm within 10 feet of Lucan and managed to stay my ground. Okay. Because <laughs> those are the two he wanted down, right? The people right in front of him. <laughs> now it's Lucan's turn. I could get in striking distance now, right? Yeah. Lucan's going to yell, may Lucian's light strike you down, and he's going to take a swing. Uh, 27 to hit. Yep. 20 points of damage on that hit, and then I'll take a second swing at him. 19 to hit. 19 hits. 25 points of damage on that one. All right, and again, just two really decent hits on this thing. It's got pretty good armor, but you sort of take Lucian's light and burst it into this sword. You see the power of that light just make all of the scales on him just ripple with the power of your faith. It seems almost like inner damage inside of that scaled armor. He is going to, at the end of that turn, he raises his wings in the air and just pulls them down really quickly, you know, just does this buffet move, wing attack kind of thing. It actually is only going to potentially affect the people that are in 10 feet of him, but he's trying to knock down Merc and Lucan. So you need to take a dex check, and he's trying to knock you on ground so that he can attack after that. He got me down. Okay. I rolled an 18. Yeah, he got you both down. So he gets a prone. And then he is going to basically focus his attacks on Lucan. A warding flare, the mouth attack. Okay. So all three are going to hit. I'm just so you can feel good about it, Zan. He <laughs> did roll a d20 on that mouth attack, so he still hits, but you took away the crit. Yeah. Ooh, baby. Well, we'll see if it matters. <laughs> Double damage. Heck yeah, it matters. He bites down, catches you for 20 points of piercing damage with his teeth. All right, Lucan gives out a big old yell, trying to keep that shield up by that dragon's mouth. One claw comes in, catches you down the side for another 20. Lucan bleeds out the side, keeps his shield up. And then one final claw comes in, 24 points of slashing damage. Lucan tries to get his shield over to block that last claw attack, but it gets him and Lucan, his eyes close. Almost gets speared with his claw, basically into the ground. It is Zan's turn. How fortunate timing. So if Holg, Relop, Merc, and Lucan, how far apart are they all from each other? Like I know Merc and Lucan are right next to each other. How far were Holg and Relop from that? I kind of imagine they're they're kind of separated. You okay. Know, different pillars, so they're probably 15, 20 feet away from each other. Okay, she's going to cast Mass Cure Wounds. So this is something she has not done before, but it is 60 feet away from her. So she's going to throw it kind of past the dragon. This radiant energy is going to hit and burst outwards. And in a 30 foot radius sphere centered on that point, 
everybody's going to regain hit points equal to 3d8 plus my spellcasting modifier. You both get 20 hit points back. And then, so she's just going to move the spiritual weapon 20 feet closer to the dragon, and that's it. I just wanted to make sure if I could get there, she could make the swing. But if it's too far away, she's going to have to do another bonus action next round to move it again. Yeah, which is yeah if it's 20 feet, I think that that's probably... I just want to try to put as much damage as she can on there. Yep. And yeah, she's staying within the 30 so that she can get up into melee if she needs to. But at the, at the meantime, she's trying to stay close to do the warding flare and still maintain behind pillars if she can. Yeah, you probably could find one pillar right at the edge of the clearing that he made. And that's, is that visual when you cast that? Like, we yes, see light. Yes, like radiant bomb thing. She just lit up in front of them that both heal those two and some of the wounds on Lucan close, some of the wounds on Merc close. This and is going to seem really terrible, but I'm playing a dragon. So he is going to, <laughs> at the end of Zan's turn, he's going to turn on Merc, but he's going to slap that tail down at Lucan. Okay. Is it an attack roll you're making? Yeah. Did she warding flare that one? Sure. Okay. She's going to try to save Lucan's life. So Lucan, you know, you come back and realize that it's turning his attention from you, but the tail comes over and hits you for 16 bludgeoning. Gets out of yells, he slides a bit on the ground. And Merc's turn. He's focusing on you. Use destiny to prop myself up, and I say, I am Lucius Mercenary Walnair, and we will not die here today. And I am going to use Channel Divinity, Val of Enmity. And I get, for one minute, all of my attacks are an advantage against him. Does a 21 hit. Yep, that'll hit. 27 points of damage. You almost like smack his head to the side on that first blow. You know, you, you know, a lot of his armor keeps the sword from really digging in sometimes, but you still do some damage just batting him around with it. 19 to hit. Yep. Divine Smite. 33 on that one. 33, nice. And then all action surge. 19. Yep. And then, once again, we're going to do the Divine Smite. So the sword just keeps flaring up at him. Back and forth and just smacking him. Face just keeps swinging back and forth as Merc hits him. 31 points of damage on that one. Final attack. 23 to hit. We'll do Distracting Strike on this one. 16 points of damage. But next person has advantage against them. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty legit. Definitely looking as though it's you're hurting this dragon. Like you're kind of surprised. It is looking like it's rearing back a little bit. Like maybe it's thinking about retreating. Hole gets your turn. Okay, so I'm going to use 15 feet to stand up and start heading towards him. I will use my bonus action to dash to engage him, and then I'm going to take a swing at him. After seeing Luke can go down, AC 19. Yeah, 19 hits. 29 points of damage. Nice. Little short sword just kind of catches up underneath one of those scales. You sort of came out of nowhere, right? Like suddenly he's dealing with another one. Yeah. Relop. Doing a whole lot of nothing. I'm going to spin around the pillar and try polymorph. He shakes it. 17 doesn't break the fear, does it? No, it doesn't. All right. Poor Relop back there is just not feeling good about this dragon. All right. So... I think he's only going to catch Merc and Holg. So you guys are going to make dex saving throws as he does that thing where he's shooting lava. You know, this geyser sort of pops up, shoots lava straight up. It's going to catch Merc and Holg. So make a dex saving throw. Nope. And he's popping it up behind you. So I don't. I think you, you don't get to do your special stuff with it, Holg, because he's a little smarter than that. Like he's not putting it where you can see it. Okay. 11. Just eight points of fire damage, each of you. And Lucan, it is your turn. 
All right, Lucan's going to stand up with blood dripping from his body, blood dripping underneath his helmet, and he's going to hold his shield up to his chest, and there's going to be a glow behind the shield lighting him up because he's going to lay on hands and heal himself for 60 hit points. Nice. He's going to say, you cannot keep me down, Tirathon the Terrible. And then he's going to walk forward. All right, it is his turn. His chest fills up with light. Here he goes. And he finally recharged. So he's going to let out a big ball of fire. He's going to be able to try to get everybody in it except for Relop. Zan, I'm going to give you advantage on the check because you can try to use the pillar. Oh, okay, sure. So everybody except for Relop, because you know he's in the right place, I guess, is going to make a deck saving throw. You can see it coming, if that makes a difference for you. He's spewing fire out at everybody. I got a 29. 18. Mark's going to take a fall in the face with a roll of two. I rolled a 13. So what you needed, guys, was a 21. Jeez. Yeah. So I think Holg hit that, right? I got 29, so no damage. Might be good because they might need you. So if you did not hit that, it's 48 fire damage. All right, Lucan holds his shield up. That fire is too much for him. He gives out a big yell, but he's still standing. That's his turn, though, and it's Zan's turn. Okay. (laughs) That rocked pretty hard. She's like burned on her hands and everything. She kind of screams in pain. Sends the spiritual weapon closer to him and probably enough to hit him at this point. Yes? Yeah. So he just comes flying at it like it's a spear. (laughs) 21. Yep. Nine points of damage. Force damage. Slams into him. And then in a rage, she just charges up another giant ball of radiant energy as she casts yet another guiding bolt at him. Uh, This one's going to be a 28 to hit. That'll hit. She is casting it at, I'm sorry, the level is fourth level because that is the highest level slot I have available right now. And he's taking 76 radiant. That is going to be 20 points of radiant damage. Nice. Another ball of radiant energy punches into him. All of him gets this glow to him from the spell. Sure. And then I need to make the concentration check for the holy weapon because of the damage it just took. Which was 46, you said, right? So I need 23, I think. Sure. So, yeah, holy weapon drops. I got a 17 total, which was not enough. So her concentration on the spell drops. Your sword is no longer glowing, Merc. But she does the other attacks. And she's going to kind of stay where she is, I think. If I still have a pillar, does she still have a pillar to hide behind? Oh, yeah. And she's staying there. (laughs) Smoking, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like this uh, burnt toothpick in front of you. Yeah, and she's kind of clutching her burned left arm that's probably got caught by it. All right, he's going to use his tail again, and he's going to swipe at Merc. 16 bludgeoning as the tail whips around and catches you again. And it's Merc's turn. Sword stopped glowing like it did, but... He's glowing now, though. So I feel really bad, but I had advantage on it anyway, and so I'm probably going to suck off the advantage off of that. Oh, well, okay. The timing on that is just unfortunate, so go ahead. Yeah. But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do the second one. He's kind of going to brace himself mentally and... Taking a big lunge forward with that sword. Got an at 20, so it seems like a good time to use my last Divine Smite. Nat 20, nice. Jeez. It's like three uh, combat. I've Yeah, I think I've rolled like four tonight. It's been pretty crazy. Get ready to describe it, buddy, because unless you roll something ridiculous, I think this is it. <laughs> 31 points of damage. All right, how do you want to do it? I want to come in and catch him right above like where the dragon's Adam's apple is. Like the neck turns into uh-huh. the jaw and catch him in there and just rip sideways coming out and making a literal bloodbath. 
<laughs> just sprays all over you. It's still warm because he just used his breath weapon. And Shin kind of goes up for a second, you know, just almost like he's looking up to the heavens. And then just slam. His whole big heavy body just crumples down in front of you. It's still taller than you are when it's laying there. And its wings kind of do a little bit of a twitch, kind of flare out for a second, and then just come in like they're chicken wings up against the body. The Padrax in the background actually realize now that a bunch of them are on the floor behind him. It's like they all started to come closer when they realized it looked like maybe he could go down. And they all stop once he goes down. It's like this big Ewok moment. They all kneel down in front of everybody and they say, you've You've defeated Tirithon. You've saved us basically feeling liberated at this point, and they are not going to attack you. They are excited, like they were waiting for somebody to come do this, apparently. And Gapo actually comes out too, and he's just giddy, runs forward, and he's acting like he's some sort of hero himself almost, you know, just arms in the air and just excited that this has happened. Lucan announces, you'll no longer have to worry about Tirithon anymore. You are free. They start cheering. The shiny, uh, they're all yours. No. Wait, He's, what? I, but when he says that, I say, no. <laughs> there is an orb that he guarded. We need the orb. Ah, yes, the orb. Listen, you want to argue about the rest of it? You probably can. <laughs> probably give it whatever you want, Relop. Yeah, he, they start picking up shinies and offering them to you. Like, they're not worried about it. Like, the fun thing about this is that you now get to play around in a dragon's horde at this point. Can they cast Detect Magic? So we can see a dragon sword behind him? Yeah, it's like piled up around him. There's there's all kinds of gold and stuff. Items and there's some weapons and things laying around and all that. Yeah, let's go look. Like I have a very specific system, dole out wealth, and I would expect a dry spell after this. I'm just saying. I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know you're, you're about to have a little fun. Walk up to Lucan and put my hand on his shoulder and say... We need to figure something out so you don't get knocked down all the time. And I heal him for 20. <laughs> he puts his arm around you and he says, Hey, no worries, my friend. I'm glad we're all okay. We make a pretty good team. Yeah, we do. Hogs should have just right, brushed some dirt off his shoulder and go over to the dragon corpse. I want to get one claw off of it. Sure. Yeah, when, you, when you brush that off your shoulder, Hog, you find like a little glowy worm and you're like, ugh, flip <laughs> it away. Lucan sees Hulk doing that, and he turns over and says, Hey, can you get me one of those, too? I want one of the fangs. I, I want one of the big fangs, too. Yep. While this is happening, too, Gapo goes over, and he kind of stands on the dragon, like he's, you know, this victorious hero. And some of the other Padraks start to turn their admiration to him. Like, he brought the champions. He's been integral in saving them hear things like, we no longer have to go out into the world of men and get shinies. We no longer have to burn or be burned. Fight for the tyrant. Lucan walks up to Gapo and says, Gapo, you can lead these people. And you can lead them to do good things now. He picks up a little crown in the pile and, you know, puts it on his head and sort of falls down over his neck and, picks, you know, picks it up again and kind of balances it. He goes, King Gapo. You said specifically, Relop, that you wanted to cast Detect Magic, and so obviously there's probably going to be a few things here that ping. Some of them are going to be a little bit of the vendor trash type idea, I'm sure, but I do want to point out a couple of items that are floating around there. As an FYI, Zan is not joining in on the looting of the corpse or going into the treasure trove. She is exactly where she was standing at during the battle, just slumped up against the pillar 
essentially like with her eyes closed and silently praying to herself with like tears streaming down her eyes about what it is and clutching her left arm to her chest. Lucan walks over to Zan and says, are you all right, Zan? <laughs> She's kind of half laughing, half crying, just like, why? <laughs> I can't believe we did that. I can't either. Lucan has a huge smile on his face. I thought I was a goner. <laughs> Lucian wouldn't allow it. He gave us that arrow, tries to get her to stand up fully, and then gives her a big hug. <laughs> oh, no, the arm is really bad. Her arm is all charred and burned on like the left side. Well, I mean, he's dripping with bloods, too. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh. The hug hurt because right. of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll cast Cure Wounds on you. No, I can I can do it. It's fine. Just go go do your thing. I'm, I'm fine here. And she's just going to kind of stay near there. Oh, it's going to just whistle a happy little tune. <laughs> he chops off claws and fangs. Hulk, you're going to be like Scrooge McDuck over here. You're going to be swimming in some gold. Yeah. You ever think you could do that in your lifetime? Everybody's looking around and finding all these different weapons and helmets and just gold and chalices, things you might expect in a dragon sword, just shinies that were probably many of them brought by the Padrax to Tirithon. When Relop casts his Detect Magic spell, finds a lot of weapons, most of which are kind of random things that nobody necessarily uses as a, uh, on a regular basis right now, but there are some plus one weapons in there, things like axes and tridents and whatnot. But there's also a couple of that sort of jump out at him. There's a red gem on a black iron chain, and there is a suit of flint mail that clearly says Cloud Piercer in lingual on the bracers. Mithril flint mail. There's also a set of dragon scale mail, and the scale mail is actually golden. You know, this dragon was red, but there's this golden scale mail sitting there. And Zan, when they finally kind of get you to come over and look around, mm -hmm. when you see this golden scale mail, it brings you back to that time at the chalky ribcage cave in which you talked to an image of yourself. Yep. And that image of yourself was wearing golden dragon scale mail. Zan again is clutching her left arm as she kind of approaches everybody looting the various treasures and as she sets her eyes upon the golden set of mail she remembers that version of herself that she saw in the cave that was wearing similar armor. She walks over towards it and collapses to her knees in front of it and just places her hand on it in almost like a familiarity type fashion. She just seems to be focusing on that even while everybody else around her is looting around her. She's just singularly focused on that piece of armor. Zan, what is going on? I I've seen this before. You have? In a book? No. The, the vision in the, the cave with that celestial vulture when we were hunting Rogadag. Remember I said I spoke to a vision of myself? Yeah. She was wearing this. Exactly this. Lucan kind of looks shocked. He puts his hand on her shoulder and kind of gives a big smile. I don't know what this means. Hogue's gonna walk up, pat Zan on the back a little bit. I guess... What it's saying is that you're calling dibs on that and then just kind of like walk off and start rifling through some other stuff. 
Lucan turns to Zan and says, I think it means we were meant to do this. And he is smiling. Just think of what mom and dad will think. This is just, this is crazy. She's just kind of taking various pieces of it and looking it over and taking the whole set of armor in visually. Lucan's going to go kind of study the dragon a bit. I think Merc would be like trying to talk to the, the Padrax, but like, it's about this big holding his hands like you know about the size of the orb <laughs> and it's round and it's like opalescent do you know what that word means we need this they, orb they have no idea what opalescent means relop as you're standing somewhat near Merc as he's saying this and the padrax are all sort of looking at each other like oh you actually do also find things to identify i've also been absent-mindedly translating Merc pseudo draconic and draconic for him so that they understand what he's saying. Oh, gotcha. You see a little bit of a shine coming from the dragon itself. And it seems that there's something stashed underneath one of his scales. Hey, Merc, do you think you could carve this hunk out of the dragon for me? Sure. Figure out how to do that. Well, you go to, you know, you kind of pull at the scale. When you do that, you feel cloth underneath it. It feels like silk. And you pull it out. You can see that it's folded up and it's, you think there's a lot of cloth here. And you kind of lay it out and it creates a big hole in the floor of the cave where you're standing. This big portable hole. And in the hole, there are dozens of glowy orbs. You have to pick the right one. Otherwise, you're going to die. Mage hand those out. They all have a glow to them. You get the impression from a lot of them that they are illusory. Looks like maybe there's a good one or good ones in here, but he's mixed them up with a bunch of fakes. And so if you go through and you just kind of keep looking through and sort out the illusion ones, the ones that come from the illusion school, you do find you do find two that are from the school of divination but they have a little bit of a different feel to them. One of them is a little bit more, all of these things just glow with this polychromatic, right? Like there's all these different colors swirling like the one that you had before. One of them seems to be primarily green. There's more colors there, but green seems to be, if you had to pick a color, it's it's mostly green. And then the other one looks a little bit more like the one you had before. And you re- realize too, if you spend a little bit of time, you could take 10 minutes looking at one of the illusion ones. You literally could take out one of the illusion ones and like throw it on the floor and it would just pop. Nothing. It's just little glass crystal balls, but they're no value. But there's two in there that are. And then cast identify both of them just to verify. One of them is an orb of Vinra, exactly like you had before have to attune to it, you can scry through it, and it will give you resistance to one of the five dragon damage types, that which you choose at dawn when you're attuned to it. The other one is something more. When you identify it, kind of scares you a little bit for just a second because it's got more power than you have dealt with previously. And then you're almost relieved because you don't think it's something that you would use. You don't think that it's actually something that you could attune to. But you realize that what you're holding through the Identify spell is called the Erthacore. You know, we talked at one point about how there are artifacts and then there are magic items that were created from artifacts. This is literally one of the Fahuv, the five chromatic orbs of Vinra. 
This is the green one. It can be attuned by a cleric or a druid. And it can be used for the scrying spell, but it's got more going on than that. This one is specifically aligned with poison. Instead of choosing, it does poison stuff, basically. The person that attunes to it will be resistant to poison. It will allow them to cast protection from poison from it. It will also allow some other spells out of it, among which would be, you can actually cast Cure Wounds from it. You can cast Daylight, Death Ward. You can actually cast Scrying from it. And it will also, it can be used to detect magic. It also has a connection with dragons and it will allow you to call out to dragons and detect them within a certain number of miles. You do also see that it's, you know, like I said, it's a little scary to you because it will fight for its own causes in a sense. And so you have to kind of, when you first attune to it, it is going to hurt when you first attune to it. Like it'll literally damage you when you attune just the one time and it will make you take a charisma saving throw or it might actually take control of you in a sense. And, and you know, it's not like suddenly going to change you and you're a different person, but it, it has an agenda. And if it can win that battle, it's going to try to get you to move forward with its agenda. Hey, Mark, does this dragon have horns? Yeah, he's got, uh, it's a little bit like a flare coming off the side of his head. And so there are two horns that have this flared skin that comes off the side of it. So yeah, you could okay. cut horns out of it. Yeah. Lucan's going to take the horns as well. Lucan was talking to Merc about maybe taking some scales to craft into something, but... I feel like your Outlander would be able to skin a little bit and get like a good piece of dragon to take it with you. So I assume we just shove as much treasure as we can into our bags of holding and everything and... And the portable hole. But Relop, we won't even make you roll. You know not to put that inside one of the bags and you probably should tell your friends that too. Yeah, mention that just to make sure we don't open a rift or anything. <laughs> do, we, <laughs> do we see anything else in there? That was it. It's just this collection of orbs. What a weirdo. <laughs> Walk up to Zan, hand her the green orb. Well, it looks like we both managed to get a orb of Venra. He had two? Looks wow. like we don't have to keep trading it back and forth. That's good. Why is this one a different color? Um, that seems to be primarily a cleric orb. It's a little more powerful than the regular one that we have, but uh, I can't use it, so onto this one, you can have that one. Okay. Uh, do you, okay. It's just an orb of Inrod, then? Well, not exactly. It's one of the five chromatic orbs of Inrod. Not a copy the actual ones? Yep. Don't blow yourself up with it. All right. I can do that with this? I don't think you can blow yourself up with it. Probably not. You'll probably be fine. Just <laughs> go ahead and attend to it over there. What's dangerous it about fun. it? Well, you're a strong-willed woman. You should be fine. Don't worry about it. I don't know what that means, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> relop being relop. <laughs> yeah. Gapo is sort of being mauled by other Padraks, you know, they're just so excited and... Oh, they're eating him! Giving him hugs. <laughs> oh, and, that was just, and he almost, like, forgets that you're there, you know, like he can't believe that he's getting all this attention suddenly, and they are treating him like he's this hero. He's just eating it up. And then, finally, he kind of comes back to himself and says, Oh, 
we we should be able to leave fairly easily now. Great. Didn't mention it, but the lava disappears with the dragon's death, right? That lava. Oh, okay. Those channels, there's it's not there anymore. Hmm. The sconces back there are still lit, so the whole room's lit up enough, okay. uh, you know, on this side of the room. So just spend the night kind of getting things, you know, uh, Relop can identify some things and yeah. everybody get some rest. That would be a good idea. Next morning, you wake up after very strange dreams. Mm-hmm. Everybody's level 13. Oh. Things sort of open up for you. Zan has a little bit of a thought. She feels as though Lucian thinks that she's ready at some point soon to maybe take on the Shadowfell thing because of what she's been feeling lately. Gappo is very excited to show you out. He has kind of an entourage now. You guys didn't take every single thing, you know, like I've given you this document and they're, they're not taking anything that's on that document, but there were some other bling, blingy things here and there. And so like a lot of them are walking around with these jeweled items now. They come with you to show you out. And you could just see the the relief on these padracks. Like they have been sent out as slaves, really, for it seems a very long time, generations probably, when it comes to these padracks. And you know that when they left this mountain, they would have probably went into the borderwood in order to find shinies and all that kind of thing. Gapo is going to apparently be the the new leader from the sounds of it, because he's being seen as this hero, and he's very proud to show you the way out. And it really only takes a few hours because they aren't as worried about where they're going anymore. I probably should point out, we didn't even talk about the horses, right? And I'm sure you'll tend to them a little bit, right? Sienna was the only one that survived. Oh, (laughs) Artix died? You're you're down to one horse at this point. Oh, time to get Luke in 3.0. Yeah. So, Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> but you do have this one horse <laughs> that you're walking out, and you actually come to a mine, like a platform, a, you know, a lift, a elevator of sorts, and it's actually set up to fail, and they know how to make it work properly, keep you off of it while they all mess with it. You get this, these little dragon tinkers that are screwing around with things. It drops at a relatively fast rate, kind of uncomfortable rate, and you come to a an old abandoned mine tunnel, and you make your way east. He's proud to say, too, that this should be low enough altitude so that the horse doesn't become a problem once you hit that side of the mountain. You know, you'll be almost on the foothills, and there's a little bit of a pathway because there was a mine here once. And so you step out of the tunnel, take a big, deep breath after being in there for several days, and you can see this vast wood it's multicolored because it's autumn. It's below you. You're still relatively high up comparatively. And Gapo thanks you and says, I have honor. Yes, Gapo, you have honor. Now make sure that you bring honor to the rest of your people and do good things. And a few of them sort of say, hey, Gapo, and they pick him up. They're going to go back in, kind of looks back at you with this grin as they enter the tunnel. I'm going to walk up to Gapo, away from everyone, and just give him a big hug. I'm going to whisper in his ear in Draconic, Kept your word, but know this, if I even hear whisper of any Padraks outside of the mountains, 
I will come back and I will rain a fury on you that you will never, ever recover from. I will kill you. I will kill dozens of your family and hundreds of all your closest relatives. You will be erased from history. And I'm going to slap him on the shoulder, turn around and start walking. He's kind of slack-jawed, big wide eyes, and he doesn't quite know what to say. He kind of puts his finger up and they carry him in to the tunnel. Lucan says, relapse, everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. What? I mean, you did just hug a padrack, so, I mean, a little disconcerting. We seem to be north of Wood's End, I believe. We're about to get your brother home, Relap. Yep. On your way down the mountain, kind of this twisty, winding, old road. And as you work your way down, come up to a sort of an outcropping. And there's actually some very large eagles in a nest, probably 100 yards from you. And they kind of look your direction. One of them stays in the nest, the other one goes up into the air. As you are kind of keeping an eye on this giant eagle, you hear, Hail, travelers. And you didn't know they were there, but there's two men. Both have mud caked on their faces, tattoos on their arms, and they're wearing leather armor that has kind of a yellow, sort of a blonde look to it and this sort of rough woolen cloth underneath. And both of them have a battle axe on their backs. What brings you into the wood? We're travelers from the Pyrian lands. And where where are you traveling to? The border one. One of our friends needs to revisit some homelands. Who are you two? They kind of look at each other and look at you. And the eagle kind of keeps flying above you. One of them says... I'm Fergan. Fergan has dark hair, and he says about his friend, this is Conan, and Conan has blonde hair. So Fergan and Conan of the clan Sinian. Merc, go ahead and roll a history check. Oh, I got 14. These are Arbum. These are clansmen from Arbum tribes. You're not 100% sure what the Sinian clan is. It's not one that you've dealt with in Wood's End, but the Arbum, you know, are... Fierce defenders of the wood. Their whole purpose is to keep the wood sacred. Uh, people from desecrating it or cutting it down or, you know, whatever. So they've probably been at odds with woods in then? Sometimes. It's a delicate balance. Because it's not like they're like, oh my gosh, you cut a tree, I'm going to kill you. They're very specific foresters, right? Like they want to make sure that things are being respected. Ah, so you're from the Arbums clans. Yes, Clan Sinian. I haven't heard of that particular clan, but I understand you're wary of people. Many of them are brave warriors. We're merely passing through. We have no desire to do anything to the wood. We just need to revisit, as I said. Do you two know who Tirithon the Terrible is? Yes, the dragon. Yukon takes out the horns and fang and claw, and he says, you don't have to worry about him anymore. They look a little bit incredulous, and they come over and they they kind of want to touch it sort of see if this is real yeah he'll show them the uh scales too did you kill yourself some padrax we did yeah the scales really freak them out they're like oh this is real as soon yeah. as you get this the scales out zan is also standing there in gold armor with her purple jacket over top of it <laughs> yeah with your uh your new dragon armor yeah i attuned to that but not the orb just as an fyi okay yeah, I assume we'll roleplay that. 
Yeah. The Padrack problem around here might simmer down. We hope it does. We believe the Padracks might be on a new path. You notice that Fergan has an eagle on one arm and some sort of ferocious mammal on the other. And then you also see that Conan has a kind of a leather bracer on one arm, but on the other arm, you can see an eagle sort of tearing out the head of a dragon, like a, like a giant eagle sort of ripping at the, at the head of a dragon. Fergan says, we were dragon slayers in ancient times. And before the young Kirithon made his way, our people took out larger dragons than that. But not anymore? Apparently there's no need. If you're going into the border wood, you will pass by Bale Nalair, our home. And if you are dragon slayers, we would be honored to have you, even if only for overnight. That sounds great to me. What do you think, Relop? Do I know of the particular clan or any rumors of these people? Or I'll make a history check. May I also make an insight check as to whether they're luring us into a trap of some sort? Sure. Okay. Good call. Ooh, baby, 29. You feel like they're pretty genuine. Okay. Got a seven. Nope. Nope. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you know of clansmen, Borderwood, but they all look alike to you. Glad to take your hospitality. We've been in that mountain for far too long. I mean, I'm not going to say no to a meal. When have you ever said no to a meal, Hog? I know I'm getting sick of eating the stuff I've been creating every day. <laughs> I'm ready for a real meal. Don't worry, they they eat mushrooms too. So they bring you down the trail. It's just the two of them. You do see a few rams that are moving around from place to place on the side of the mountain. And they talk a little bit about it. You know, it's, it seems that these guys are a little bit of shepherds in a sense. There's more to it, rangers or something, but they were up here dealing with rams. And the whole time that you go down, that giant eagle stays above you. And it's not a coincidence. Like, it's very clearly above you and never quite leaves you. The other one stayed in the nest, but this one stays with you. And, you, and the two Arvum clansmen don't even seem to care about it. Like, they're not worried about it. It's, it just seems to be normal to them. Lucan mentions how beautiful their creatures are. They say, oh, well, they're friends. We just lost a handful of our horse companions. Hmm. This one's a beauty. Kind of pats on Sienna. Izan's been walking Sienna, not riding her, just kind of to keep up with the group without sure. needing to be above or anything like that. But Yeah, and it gets a little steep too, so it's probably actually pretty pretty. Yeah, useful. she's just going to walk her. So, oh, uh, I got it in the tribes of the plains. I made a trade and was able to get one of their thoroughbred horses. This is Sienna, and she'll introduce the horse. Yeah, they pat her, and one of them pulls out a little something and feeds her. Fergan says, that's Godub above us, and his mate is Gaiathiel back at the nest. Are they your pets? No, they're just friends. Just nods. You also notice, too, that these guys actually don't seem to ever turn and speak anything else to each other. They speak common. And, Merc, you actually know that. Like, oddly enough, these guys don't have their own language. They speak common. It is their native language. It's not broken or accented or anything? Nope. Like, common among the Arbum and the Venholm. They absolutely speak common as their as their language. You know, they may have an accent that's a little different, but 
from sure. some places, but but yeah, it's it's fluent English. Cool. We're looking at a probably about two hours down from the side where you came out. If you were to try to travel to get into the wood, you're probably looking at about maybe half a day's travel to the edge of the actual border wood. And I would point out too, when you get to a certain elevation, like what, like you know, you may not have noticed it initially, and when you first came out, there's a little bit of a mist. But there's what's called the border wood, and then there's the great wood, and the border wood is sort of like a a little bit more tamed outside of the great wood and you can see it like you can see where it ends it becomes very thick at a certain point and so from this almost looking down at it you, you can see it from afar a couple hours down you can see this town as you come down and it's a it's a walled city and it's walled with stone there looks to be a keep in the middle of it there's a little bit of a trickling waterfall coming down from a precipice above it and it feeds a lake next to it most of the buildings, and you can see because you're coming down towards it, are stone buildings with thatched roofs. And the keep itself has some horizontal logs that ring the top of the keep. And there is a giant eagle perched on one of those logs. When you get there, there's no like city guard waiting for you or anything like that. They just go up and they open up the gate and they lock it up behind you. And it's probably a city of about maybe half the size of Fire's Heart. So it's a relatively small base. Conan turns to you and says, Welcome to Bale Nelaire. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our D4 on the Floor website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number 4, onthefloor.com for more great gaming content. Kill the recording. Bam. <laughs> I'm going to be the Fresh Prince of Bellamare. Uh, all the now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, hey, let me go grab a drink. I'll be right back. Uh-oh, he's got to get a drink before he <laughs> a dragon on it. So before this seven-hour combat, I guess I'm just going to grab a little beverage real quick. Found my yo-yo, so that's sweet. You have a yo-yo? Yeah. Yo. Okay. No any tricks? Nope. Can you get to go up and down? Yep. That's usually a good start. Just barely. That's about all I can do. Yep, that's about what I got. <laughs> yeah, check this one out. Hey. Yeah. It's a yo-yo and <laughs> Back from my days at uh, working at Walmart. Nice. You bought a I'm yo-yo sorry. while working at Walmart? Yeah, it allowed me to not punch people in the face while working at Walmart. <laughs> so you played with the yo-yo instead of punching people in faces? Yep. Okay. You punch people at Walmart? I really wanted to some days. That's the customer service model usually, if you haven't been in a while. I used to always joke that every time you go into Walmart, you always hear some guy yelling at somebody. Yeah, it's pretty it's true. Usually a woman. Yep. Or a woman yelling Karens. at a kid. Freaking Karens. They're the worst. And they want to see your manager. You're strong-willed. You'll be okay. Hey, we're supposed to keep these things covered, right? People can watch us if they're not covered? That's a different stone. Oh, okay. There's this white wizard that has it in a tower right here. <laughs> I'm flattered that we're oh, being confused with them. <laughs> Man flesh. <laughs>